Today we celebrate the solemnity of the Epiphany of the Lord. And an Epiphany is a manifestation of God. That's what an Epiphany is. And we kind of associate this day with the Magi because they saw God actually, physically, um, after they saw him, God, so to speak, appeared to them in the, in, the, in the baby Jesus. But an epiphany is just any kind of manifestation of God. Probably a common phrase that we would use for this nowadays, or that I hear people use for epiphany, is God moment. God moment. Maybe you've used that term before. It's kind of a popular term and essentially means there is a moment or something happened in my life where God was made very real um, and obvious to me, something blatantly supernatural that seemed to radiate with the presence of God. Today in our gospel we get a couple images uh, this kind of dichotomy of, uh, of character between Herod and the Magi, the wise men. And they're images of those who God appears to and is made manifest, those who find God, and those who don't. And they're really helpful images for us. And this should be very relevant for us in understanding how we see God and why some people see God and why some people don't. For those of us who are deeply faithful, or try to be deeply faithful in this room, you know, we see things with the eyes of faith, and we have a kind of spiritual sensitivity that's almost impossible to describe to, say, a family member or a friend who does not have faith. I'm sure, we've all had these experiences of frustration where it almost feels like there's a, a wall of, like a giant chasm in between our experience and the experience of someone else, and trying to share just how good God is and how obvious His presence is so helpful um, in our lives and, it, and, and just how obvious it is that He exists and that He's acting. And trying to explain that to a non-believer might as well be speaking another language. And so, hopefully... Um, as we as we grow in our relationship with God as time goes on, our spiritual sensitivity increases. And we do start to see God more and more. And it becomes blatantly obvious, not just on a, a yearly basis where we sometimes see God made manifest or, or a couple times in our lives or something like that, but daily. And this is what Jesus wants, is this, this deep sensitivity to his presence in our lives. And so, I'm going to start off with Herod here. Herod, of course, is a fantastic image of an unbridled ego. We see these characters like, we see these characters like Herod throughout history, and we have accounts of them. We know Herod killed uh, some of his own family members. He killed, I believe, two of his sons. He was very, very powerful. He was one of the most powerful men in the in the Roman Empire at the time. He was good buddies with Caesar. And he, he, did, he did very well from a material power point of view. And his ego went unchecked, similar to figures, again, like Stalin, we might think of as in 
past hundred years, or different different emperors in the in the Roman in the who ruled Rome, um, and different people throughout human history. And so he just kept feeding his ego. And so one of the reasons Herod didn't see God being made manifest in the person of the Christ when the Magi come and tell him he's. We hear that he's troubled. That's what the scriptures say to us. They say, Herod was very troubled at this news when the Magi came and said that there's a newborn king. He saw, of course, this as a threat to him, as competition to him. And to a certain extent, this is all of us anytime we choose something over God. Think of Adam and Eve in the garden. God offers this incredible, incredible gift of his friendship. He gave Adam complete uh, governance over all of the, the garden, which is this place of rest, this paradise place, to guard and to till the garden. And then he gives him this beautiful, beautiful, very concrete Fulfillment of his desire in the person of Eve. And you'd think, okay, they have everything. But they choose, of course, the fruit and their own autonomy. They see God, just like all of us to a certain extent, see God as a taskmaster in their sin and a threat to their autonomy and freedom. And so this is us in the mentality of um, rebelling against the church, her teachings, biblical teachings, the teachings of God, and seeing them as a threat to our freedom, happiness, flourishment, etc. It's always a lie. And it's a lie that's presented to us over and over again, is that that scene from the garden happens over and over and over again. And we see it in a very stark, clear way in the person of Herod. And so Herod sees the birth of God into the world is such a threat that he actually goes and exterminates probably thousands of children under the age of two. He's, this, this, is, this, is the, uh, this is the sickness, the sickness of an unbridled ego. It just continually consumes and sees everything and everyone as a threat. This is, this is someone who is rotting spiritually. This is not a mental health crisis. This is a rotting soul. Paranoia, depression, anxiety. Herod's in his own prison. Another issue that Herod has is the prison of his own wealth. If you go to the Holy Land, you'll see all of these prominent castles and fortifications that Herod built for himself, these basically luxury spas, almost, that were just for Herod. And so he's blinded in his wealth, and this, of course, is very relevant for us, as one of the things that we don't realize, just like fish in the ocean do not realize that they're in the ocean, that they're in water, is that we are living in the wealthiest culture that's ever existed in human history. 
And this is why we are not religious, and this is why our affection and desire for God has been tamped, tampered down, and it slowly died. Because we have all these material means to satisfy us. And so we immediately pick up our phone, this new piece of technology, whatever food we want, um, whatever type of entertainment. And so we have all these things that we just shovel into ourselves. And this is an image of wealth. And that blinds us to the spiritual reality of, of, we, of what we actually need, this deep aching and longing that exists in the human heart for God. And this is why... This is certainly the main reason why we in the Western world are dealing with what, what we call a mental health crisis like we've never seen before, anxiety, depression, etc. There's a spiritual decay. We're trying to feed a deep spiritual hunger with things that cannot feed spiritual hunger. Material things cannot feed the soul. Spiritual things do. Jesus says to Satan in the desert when he's tempting him, man does not live by bread alone. Man does not live by the material world alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. Our souls are hungry, and we need our souls to be fed. In his riches, man lacks wisdom. Psalm 49. In his riches, man lacks wisdom. He, is like, he becomes like an animal, just satisfying carnal desires. And this destroys him. And so this destroys Herod. It blocks and blunts his sensitivity to the goodness that is, is right in front of him. And, happy, and Herod lives a very depressed, angry, uh, paranoid, anxious life. By contrast, we have the Magi. And um, Pope Benedict, who just passed away last week, made this beautiful comment years ago that you know, the, the magi and the shepherds kind of represent the head and the heart. The shepherds, right away, who are just these very humble, um, albeit pretty rough people, um, the, they, they find Jesus right away. They find God right away. The angels appear to them in their humility. In their humility. And just like many people that we know in our lives, probably, or maybe it's us, some of us in this church, we know these humble people who have just such deep faith. I think here of both of my grandmas on, on both sides. Um, they just have an intuitive, humble knowledge of God. One of my grandmothers had to quit school to take care of the rest of her family when her mom died. Um, and she, had, she only has a sixth grade education. And, uh, and, and her faith is very strong, very vibrant. Here I think of the shepherds. This great humility. And then we have the Magi, the head. Um, and we think about the great philosophers and deep thinkers and those um, who, who get to Jesus, but it takes maybe a little bit longer for the head to get where the heart kind of intuitively goes. And so this is the Magi. And the, the, the number one thing I want to mention about the Magi and why they actually find God, outside of obviously their own humility, is their desire. And, and this is for all of us. If, if we're in a place where we want to see God more, we want His presence in our lives more, this 
particular quality that the Magi manifest is very, very important for us. It is the fact that they actually pursue God. They want to pursue God and they do pursue God. They're trying to find God. God reveals himself to those who seek him. This is a theme that is all over the scriptures. Because God is the one who actually put that desire to seek him into our hearts. And so when we follow that desire, God honors that. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Blessed are the poor of spirit for the kingdom of God is theirs. So, being attentive to the ache in their own hearts, the ache that all of us in this church have, whether it's apparent to us at this present moment or not, that we are not full in ourselves, as Herod felt he was. We are not full. We cannot give ourselves meaning and joy like poor beggars, as as. As like poor beggars, like, like someone who is incapable of feeding themselves. We go before God and we ask. And like a loving father, God gives. He gives us what we need. This is the Magi who, who just are trying their hardest to find God, and they do. And the scriptures say they were full and absolutely filled with joy upon finding Him. Lord, we ask you to help us to follow the desire that the Magi follow. Help us to cultivate humility and poverty of heart. Help our, our wealth to not blind us and blunt our spiritual sensitivities. Sensitivity. Bless our families. Help us to have the joy of the Magi in in finding you and the relationship with you. And we ask you to be our treasure and our hearts to be oriented towards you above all things. We know that you can give us more than anything that this world can offer. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's take a few moments in silent prayer to just listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.